To munch you, oh wow, that's a word. Life to Berlin's <laughs> natives. <laughs> Why don't you try this again, Thomas? <laughs> that is an awful word. I just want to point out what a ridiculous word. What's up, Thomas? Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just living the dream. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. I'm excited for our episode for today. Yeah, me too. I'm really, really stoked to be talking about what show today, Thomas? Cabaret. I almost said Cabernet. <laughs> we were joking about it already, but then I almost said it. Cabaret <laughs> is the show that we're going to be talking about today. Yes, Cabaret, the Candor and Ebb musical uh, which I actually have no experience with whatsoever. I've seen it a few times, but um, different types of levels of productions. But I, I, it's a great show. Totally. It's a great choice. Yeah, and we've got a couple people here that we're excited to introduce you to. But before we bring in the talent, uh, Thomas, why don't you tell us a little bit about Cabaret? Absolutely. In a Berlin nightclub, as the 1920s draw to a close, a garish master of ceremonies welcomes the audience, assures them that they will forget all of their troubles at the Cabaret. With the MC's body songs as rye commentary, Cabaret explores the dark, heady, and tumultuous life of Berlin's native and expatriates as Germany slowly yields to the emerging Third Reich. Cliff, a young American writer nearly newly arrived in Berlin, excuse me, is immediately taken with English singer Sally Bowles. Meanwhile, Fräulein Schneider, proprietor of Cliff and Sally's boarding house, tentatively begins a romance with Herr Schultz, a mild-mannered fruit seller who happens to be Jewish. I don't foresee anything going wrong there. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be wonderful. <laughs> um, this, sh this show has some pretty popular songs such as uh, Don't Tell Mama and Maybe This Time and a few others and some great dancing and some interesting messaging and here to talk about it we've got the team and some of the personality behind the characters. Yeah, that's right Kevin. Um, why don't you, um, we're going to pass the microphone around the table and we'll have you introduce yourself and how you're involved with the project and uh, maybe a little bit about your characters. Hi, I'm Lisa Hiley. I get to direct this piece of theater, Drive the Ship. Um, really happy about that. It's, it's a musical that says a lot. Um, it's sexy, it's beautiful, but it's also about a group of people who are going about living their lives while their world slowly slides into chaos, and it's about the choices they make, and it's about where they end up. Um, it's, it's um, come see this show. I'm David Bowman, and I um, am the music director and also the piano player, and I also have a character that is Max, who is a pot owner of the club. Um, and I'm also sort of like a sugar daddy for Sally Bowles. So I get to do a little bit of everything and everyone, I guess, in this show. <laughs> so that's me. Um, hi, I am Jessica Marie Green. I play the MC, who is the shepherd for the show. I'm kind of a deus ex machina. I lead the audience. I lead the characters. I show you where to look. Um, I also am co-choreographer with Katie Shimmy Lunas and costumes and makeup and historical accuracy, all of that fun stuff. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, MC has been a dream role of mine that I absolutely never thought I would get because it is typically cast by a man. 
However, I stand on the shoulders of greatness. There are quite a few women who are starting to be awarded this role. So it's a very exclusive club. And I'm very proud to be part of it. I am Sophia Bartles, uh, playing the infamous Sally Bowles. I uh, saw this show almost 20 years ago when I was actually introduced to it by uh, Mr. David Bowman. Uh, when we went to go see it in high school, uh, when we were in New York City. So I have loved this show forever, and the opportunity to even audition for Sally was a dream come true, let alone having the opportunity to be able to play her on stage. And Sally is a character. Um, the highs and the lows, the extreme lows that this character goes through, um, she'll tear your heart out. She'll make you cheer for her, and then she'll also leave you sitting there going, why? You'll be rooting for her, and then you'll be crying for her, and then you might even leave hating her. Who knows? Uh, but I think it's a roller coaster that you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna get on, and you're gonna enjoy this ride. So I'm really excited for everyone to be able to come and actually experience this show and uh, the messages that are behind it. Excellent. Thank you so much for, for introducing yourselves and sharing. If I may, Thomas, I'm going to ask Lisa a question. Um, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, Lisa. <laughs> uh, so there is obviously a very infamous version of this show. Well, actually, there's more than one. There, um, but I would be willing to bet a lot of our audience would recognize the title first from the movie um, starring Liza Minnelli and Joel Grey. Um, can you tell us about some of the similarities or maybe differences between our version and that version that a lot of people know? Yeah, um, the movie, actually, that was my introduction to Cabaret. I was, it, being a Midwest child growing up and really liking musicals and not realizing it, all of my musicals for a while were just movie musicals, and I was in love with Joel Grey. Joel, Joel Grey was a major crush of mine from Cabaret. Um, when they made the movie and they adapted this, the, they adapted the story, they took out um, a whole bunch of the show. They added a little bit too, but they, they took out a bunch. There's a whole bunch of the show that just happens in this cabaret called the Kit Kat Club, and that's a performance venue, and there are a whole bunch of songs that are sung by the MC and Sally and the Kit Kat Girls and Boys, and that's an entertainment thing. And th that all of that was left in the movie, but then they took out what is more of a traditional book show musical, which is this beautiful love story between Fräulein Schneider and Herr Schultz. And um, I'm, I'm sad to say, even though the boys thought it might turn out good, it's, it's kind of doomed. Um, and, and it's just lovely. It's a wonderful thing. If someone wants to speak more about it, I think you know some of the tone that I'm getting is I'm starting to hear a little bit more about you know how you guys are perceiving how you want to do the, the show you know there's a lot of darkness to the show there's a lot of negativity to the show um which is not necessarily something that i think gets depicted in the movie as much as per as perceptually like what you know versions i've seen it before and it sounds a lot like you know what you guys are kind of going for would someone like to kind of speak about that and maybe um Sophia, just because i i think sally bowles as a whole is a like an anti-hero in a certain sense you know and i think it's a very interesting character especially for the time period that the the musical came out. I think it's a lot more common now that you see a lot of TV shows and movies with that kind of theme. You know, what do you think about that? So I 
and this is Jessica, um, again, the MC. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never been on a podcast before. I'm a podcast version. I just yeah. like listening to them ad nauseum. Um, so I don't know if I would say darkness is the right descriptor. Um, it's more of turning a magnifying glass onto yourself and onto society as a whole. Like taking a look at everything we are and who we are as a society, warts and all. Whereas a lot of time, I mean, I believe Thomas is right, musicals, television shows, it's a very sunny disposition. It's a very perfect picture. People break out into song and dance and it makes complete sense. Here, people break out into song and dance and it makes slightly complete sense, kind of. Um, I think it is the perfect show to be doing currently in our current social state and in the environment of our country right now. I think it's really pertinent. Um, because if you look at the lyrics to some of the songs, you look at some of the situations, there's, there's a very, very specific song that our um, Coraline Schneider sings called What Would You Do? And in this era of such civil unrest and you know everybody angry about everything and people's rights being stepped upon, it really is a lot of what would you do? Because we all have this great hindsight of 2020, of you know 2020 vision that, oh, if I was alive during the Holocaust, I would have stood up and said, no. No, you wouldn't. You absolutely, no, no, no. You really have to take a step back and look very hard at yourself because standing up and saying no is hard. You're saying no to your friends and your family and your neighbors while your other friends and family and neighbors are being hauled off or being disenfranchised or abused. So it's, it's a a vehicle for us to take and make the audience think, what would I have done? And if I don't do something, who's going to be left to stand up for me when everybody else is gone? So, And I think you see that in several of these characters, uh, the ones who actually may have had a choice and then didn't take the choice or the opportunity that they had. And then you see the ones who did or the ones who felt as though they had no choice and they chose what they've always done because it's all they knew how to do and I think everyone has been in a situation like that and has either chose the path of least resistance or has made the choice to stand up and to fight and when you you can change you can put that in any sense of any topic today you can look to the past and hopefully people will leave this musical looking towards the future. Um, I mean, I remember leaving this musical and it, it changed me, not only from getting to see uh, such greats perform it and you know the music sticking with me, but the story. I mean, I walked away n not just remembering that it was about song and dance, but remembering what an impactful story went along with this musical itself. I, I truly think, too, that while it's about choice, it's also about recognizing that there are people who get their choices taken away. When you have such a huge political war machine moving and depending on such large portions of the, portions of the population being dispassionate, that's when we are able to take away the choices of massive groups of people. So it's about making a choice if you can, but also about looking, at, looking after the people who don't get a choice. It's always so like interesting and crazy how in some ways history repeats itself. 
you know? Um, this the show was written in the 70s about, a, about the 1920s and 30s, and we're performing it in 2022, and everything mm -hmm. feels relevant. And I think that's really important, an important thing that we get to do as thespians to be able to tell these stories. Um, now, um, before I um, ask Lisa and David more questions, I want to shove the microphones back at Jessica and Sophia, um, <laughs> because you both mentioned that um, these were dream roles for you, um, which is really incredibly exciting when you have the opportunity to perform something that's so close to your heart. Um, can you describe the moment that you were told that you got these roles and how <laughs> and, and, and um, how you might have grown through your process? Sally, oh, you go first. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, my process of even auditioning was unique. Um, wasn't able to attend. I was working crazy hours, and so I filmed one night, sent a Hail Mary up, and shot it off through Facebook Messenger land and was like, eh, we'll see. And you know, called in for callbacks and you know, came in right after having worked like a 12-hour shift and was like, uh, you know, left it all out there and went home. Got in the shower, got out of the shower, had like 12 missed calls from Katie Joe, <laughs> And I'm like, what is this? And I'm calling her back and calling her back and she's not answering and I am messaging Jess. I'm messaging Katie. I'm messaging, I'm like, call, call me, what, what's going on? So then they finally call me back and they're like, we hope you're ready. Are you ready to be Sally Bowles? And I just started sobbing. I'm like, you guys are really putting a lot of faith in me. Oh my God. So it was, you know, kind of one of those, I couldn't even believe it. Like uh, the people I was auditioning with, I mean, they're all extremely talented. There's, there's no lack of talent in this cast. Anyone who auditioned for this would have been phenomenal. So the fact that the trust and the honor was given and given to me was just humbling at best. So, you know, it's an honor and to be able to grow and really get to bring Sally to life and discover my own voice and how my own Sally is going to be. And uh, I've kind of tore my calf on accident playing with my child through, you know, during some of the rehearsals. So we've had to adjust a few things. Um, but I think that's made my Sally better and different and unique and my own. Um, and we've been able to adjust and, and make it work. And it's going to be a good show just from that. So I think, you know, you deal with what you're, you're dealt. And sometimes you're not exactly sure what you're dealt. But when you're given a role like this, you're going to make it work, as Tim Gunn would say, you know, make it work. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to do. And it's a dream, so I'm going to leave everything out there every night for Sally because that's what she's she's going to give it to the audience the way that I would expect her to leave everything out there as well. Oh, boy, I'm supposed to follow that up. Yep. Good Lord. Um, so I came to Cabaret initially the way most people have. I saw the Liza Minnelli, Joel Grey version, and Joel Grey is very amusing and charming, and I vaguely remember the movie. It did not make an impact on 12-year-old Jessica, like, at all. Um, and then in high school, I stumbled upon Alan Cummings performing at the Tony Awards, his role of the MC, and I became obsessed. 
with Alan Cummings because he is a very attractive man. Um, and then became obsessed with the show and watching how he led everyone. He, there, there isn't a moment, there's very, maybe, there's very few moments that he is not on stage during the show, that the MC is not on stage during the show. And the audience is always watching like, all right, where does he want me to look? Where, where does the MC, what it, why are they there? What's going on? Um, so I, Katie Shimalunas and I had been talking about performing cabaret for three years. We were on the verge of forming our own theater company because we just wanted to do the show. Um, so, and we approached Michael about it. He was interested and he brought on Lisa and I was absolutely fine being a co-choreographer and being in the Kit Kat Club and we're talking and talking and talking and I joked and I said, huh, what about a girl MC? Because I've played the MC in my living room for years to my dog and my sisters and my parents and they've all thought I was wonderful. And I said, you know, the only person that I could see playing a girl MC is you. And yeah, and then I got asked to audition. So I auditioned and I put, I put, I've, I've never been so scared for an audition in my life. Um, I kind of just left everything out there on the stage and gave it my all and knowing I was going up against other guys who had a ton of acting experience and great like stage presence and were the correct gender for what this usually is. I was like, okay, we're just going to try. If anything, I'm going to make you guys work way hard to get this part. Um, so being as I auditioned for it, I was not part of that portion of the casting process. So I was sent out to the porch at the Forest Inn and told to wait. Um, and I was brought back in very ceremoniously and Lisa said would we would like you to be our MC David and Katie and I and I went you have to be kidding me <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> you're not serious um, but I have never been so excited it's it's a dream role because it's very empowering to me to be able to be on stage and interact with the audience and pull their focus to where it should be because so much of what this show symbolizes is how easy it is to gloss over everything. Um, but to be like a big, bright, vibrant character at this point in my life where I am taking back being a big, bright, vibrant person um, is just kind of a really good foil for me and, in, and a great way for me to project that onto the stage. Um, but never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would get to, as 16-year-old Jessica was never going to be the MC. That's a boy part. Um, but I got it, and I'm so excited and so proud and still absolutely so terrified um, <laughs> to step on stage in front of a live audience. So we'll see. <laughs> Thank you both. I know you're going to be phenomenal. I had an idea for a question. I was just, you know. Yes, after you. Great, yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more from Lisa and a little bit more from David myself. Um, I thought some of those comments you guys made about dream roles and et cetera was just awesome. I know being an actor myself, it's like being a part of something that you care about just makes the experience a lot more important to you and memorable. And I can relate to that in a lot of ways. So, I mean, that was really cool to hear from a refreshing perspective. Um, David, uh, you have a lot of hats on this production. Do you want to talk a little bit how you got involved into all the different aspects of it, having a role on stage? And then if you wanted just to talk you know, a little bit about the style of music, you know, what, what's different about this than what people can expect with this style of music if they've never seen Cabaret? Well, um, Lisa and I have worked before, and strangely enough, it's usually in some sort of Nazi capacity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
so she asked me early on in the process if I would be willing to, to lead the music. And then um, the way the show was done on Broadway, um, actually when I took students with Sophie being one of the people, this was one of the only shows that was actually running at the time because pits were on strike. And in this show, at that time, every single member of the pit is a dancer, a singer in the Kit Kat Club, or some sort of actor, so that every person was an actor. So they're, like, the entire show, every player was memorized, instrumentally, vocally, dancing, and what they're doing. It was one of the hardest shows I've ever seen. Um, and so that's, that's how I got started. And then we're also going to have the, the pit itself as kind of a character, um, that the MC will play with and some of the, the Kit Kat club members are sort of interacting with different members. Um, and then it just sort of made sense to make me Max at that point because I'm going to sit at the piano in tuxedo trying to make the place look classy while everyone else is not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> basically. Um, and then it also made sense that I'm Max because then I'm sort of I, I would say a sugar daddy to Sally Bowles almost, but I kind of feel like it's an abusive relationship almost because I think Sally has damaged, damaged goods, you know? And it's, it's sad and weird, but um, yeah. Musically, it is, one of the things that I love about this show is that the music makes sense with it. There's an arc in the music and a lot of musicals do not have that. Um, I've, I, I know there's a musical out there that everybody loves that I'm not going to say it out loud, but every single song back to back to back to back to back is like a personal empowerment song. And you could have one of those in the show, it'd be perfect. But when you have eight of them, that's not great. But here we have this beautiful arc, like we have moments of super high and then the music slowly brings you back down and like oh it starts getting dark and everybody thinks cabaret the main theme is like this big big up number let's be happy let's be great and I think that's one of the things you were talking about the glossing over of reality because Sally's story right before she sings that song is terrible and then she gets out on stage and has to sell joy and happiness to these people and you can just see in the way that she's doing it that's not where she's at, but she's glossing it over. You know, and this, this sort of harkens back to the other thing we were talking about earlier. The thing that I always think about, I'm a religious person. 90% of Germany was Catholic or Lutheran when this happened. And people didn't stand up in spite of the fact that that's their upbringing, that's their life, that's what they say they believe in. And we do that all the time. Who are the marginalized people? And you can see it. You can hear it in their songs. You can hear it, how gritty some of this music is. And yeah, it's, I'm going to stumble now because I'm getting emotional. Okay, so <laughs> that's, that's what I love about this show, the, the quality of the writing, the quality of the story. It's, it's great. Thanks, David. Yeah, that was great. That was a great explanation. We love it when people get emotional about their projects. That means it's going to be good. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the opposite. It depends. It, or the opposite. <laughs> so it really kind of depends. Um, let me turn the dial on to Lisa. Um, if you've not seen a Lisa Hiley production, um, first of all, make this, 
make this your first one. But um, I've worked with Lisa as a director and as an actor, and she's always so in tune with her projects and always brings a unique perspective, which I really appreciate. So I want to ask you, um, what is unique about your version of Cabaret? Uh, and what, how, how, did, how did you find your version of Cabaret? That's a really good question, Kevin. Um, I've been told that kind of my directorial signature is I'm, um, I do a lot of little important intimate details. Um, I kind of, I, I, I guess I do. All of that is important to me. It's, you can tell a story, you can tell a story broadly, but if for the story to reach your heart, you have to have those personal details and make it happen. Um, I think the, the biggest, most unique thing in this story is that, in, in our version of Cabaret, is that we have a female MC. Um, and Jessica Green, Jessica Marie Green, has more stage presence in her little finger than most of us could ever hope to have in our whole body. So she owns the stage as our MC. I love doing gender-bending casting. Um, I always look at the right actor for the role, not the right gender, the right actor, not, and here is the right actor for this role. Um, I'm also a very, very collaborative director. I love getting the entire team involved. I love getting actors involved. And I believe that the best way to make a fantastic show is to use the strengths of everybody, and it'll raise it way higher. 100% concur and agree. Um, thank you, Lisa, for, for bringing your vision to the stage. Um, thank you, Jessica and Sophie and David for being here. Oh, hi, Katie Jo. Hi. Um, Katie Jo is one of the other half of the choreography team. Do you want to speak? Come on, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Just know she's here and she's excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we wrap this mother up, Thomas? Yeah, that sounds good to me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, well, why don't you tell us when people can see this dang show? I would love to do that, Kevin. So opening night is actually on the 9th, um, followed by the 10th and 11th. Um, the following week will be the 15th, 16th, and 17th, um, with a 4 p.m. show that day. And then the 18th will be one of the first matinees. Oh, the 11th is also going to be a matinee, so that's on that Sunday as well. And then on the 23rd and the 24th, and the 30th as well, and the 2nd. Yeah. I did that so poorly. The, you did a great job, Thomas. I have no complaints. <laughs> no notes. Um, yes. I, I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> So, long story short, friends, there are plenty of days to come and see Cabaret, a divinely decadent experience. If you have any questions at all, feel free to go and um, look it up on the uh, Forest Inn website. That'll give you all the ticket details, as well as all of those dates that I just said very sloppily, um, <laughs> with a calendar, even, that keeps it nice and organized exactly. for you. Exactly. Um, our website is forestin.org. That's F-O-R-S-T-I-N-N dot org and you can reserve some charcuterie boards and get your tickets and come to the cabaret old chums thank you so much for listening to our 
podcast episode. Thank you all very much. Yes. Um, have a great night or day or whatever time of day you're listening to this. Okay. Just have a good time. All right. Bye.